Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to the Tradie Business School podcast, the only podcast you'll need to grow and scale your trades-based business and become a better human in general. Uh, today, I am joined joined by the lovely Ashley Collins. She is an amazing woman, and she's on the podcast today because we decided to, instead of just celebrate International Women's Day, we're going to turn it into International Women's Month. I've known Ashley what for what feels like uh, my whole life now. Um, I think we've we've worked together in various shapes and forms for oh, it's got to be twenty years or so, or getting pretty close to it. Getting there. Not. Getting there. Um, but the reason I got her on the show is because I've worked with her in a professional uh, capacity. She's become a, a very dear friend, one of my best friends. And she just has such an incredible story and all the things that she's done um, we'll share throughout the show. And I, and I just want to, I guess, help those, those younger women out there that are getting into very male-dominated industries because this is the thing. Ashley has just immersed herself uh, from, from day one. So first and foremost, Ash, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I love your background. It's very quintessential tradie office. For those of you who are listening only, please find the video online and check out <laughs> Ashley's office. She's got stuff everywhere. So if, if only you could see my desk as well. It's yeah, it's very authentic at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like I mean, and quintessential tradie. Uh, you're the quintessential tradie wife as well. You're in amongst everything. And I think your journey sort of speaks for itself. Like your dad's got his own civil business and you were in and sort of evolved with that. And I'll just give the highlight reel for, for the, the, the listeners and people watching at home. So when I first met Ashley, she was working for a, a company that services projects nationally. And I think from memory, you were also traveling a bit with some of those projects, working on site remotely, those sorts of things. Uh, then you transitioned into a what was a multinational company that was acquiring other companies that then also ended up getting swallowed up by another massive multinational company and all the, the rigmarole that goes with that. And at the same time as all that was happening, you, you managed to start your own business in the healthcare space, one of your passions. And, and then, you know, obviously on that journey, I forgot to mention you you met the love of your life, the father of your two beautiful boys now. And, you know, he's gone and started a business and you're helping him run that as well. Like, so that's kind of the highlight reel of your crazy life. But yeah. let's go back to the start, right at the start. And what made you get into the construction industry? Was it because your dad had his business? Like, I mean, and this is the thing, like a lot of the ladies I talk to, you know, they found themselves in very male-dominated industries and the construction industry is like quintessential blokey bloke. You're such a dainty, petite woman who, you know, really looks after herself and that sort of thing and uh, you just find yourself in amongst all these burly blokes and your your partner, your the love of your life is no uh, exception to the role, you know, okay. typical grumpy you know, civil construction worker. Um, yep. But, you know, take me back to the start. How did you get into it and why? Yeah, okay, good question. So <laughs> I didn't actually specifically set out to get into the industry. My dad and his business had no influence on me and my decision to get into the industry. 
for sure I have been somewhat involved and and interested in what he he does and what he has done. He started that right from when I was uh, a teenager. So, but yeah, once once I finished school, I um I didn't really know what to do with myself. I actually went and did a certificate in makeup of all things and fluttered around in that for a little while. This is a trade in itself, right? Makeup, hair and beauty, like these are trades. And these are, I I often find the funny synergies between the two. Like I've Mm -hmm. I've had bricklayers and hairdressers come together in masterminds Mm -hmm. and help solve each other problems, which is quite funny. But sorry, carry on. You went and did this this, uh, hair and beauty thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and with that, um, I guess my other sideline of work was actually working in the hospitality industry. So, I mean, one wouldn't say that the hospitality industry is male-dominated as such, but obviously I, I was working in the front bar of a hotel, so I was, you know, the clientele was mostly male-based. Um, yeah, yeah. So even from being 18 in, in that industry, I was having to learn to deal with men and 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 their, uh, and their bloody embedded misogyny yes absolutely <laughs> and especially when you add alcohol to the mix it's it's a very interesting combination yeah yeah um and, and this is the thing right like blokes out there we've come a long way but holy shit mm. we've got a long way to go so you know make sure you're constantly checking yourself because you know young 18 year old girls don't deserve the shit that you would have copped back in those days no, but funny you say that though is I don't actually recall anything really severe or um, scary or traumatic that happened to me personally. I don't know whether I was just one of the lucky ones. Maybe it's mm. just the my personality and the kind of person that I am. Maybe I just didn't draw that kind of attention to myself. Mm. Um, I think there was a few, you, you know, there's really- a few people. It can be really scary when you want to be, though. So <laughs> I can be a little intimidating, I guess. Maybe a little, but don't mess with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. She may be. Uh, they say good things come in small packages, but when I'm describing Ashley Collins, I always say, yes, so does explosives. So, you know, they come in small packages as well. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I guess that's the thing. You get, you got to be confident in yourself and know how to stand up for yourself and know when to reach out to people when you need support. And I was lucky in that I had good managers and I had we had good security staff and things like that. So if I was having any trouble, I'd just reach out and say, can you sort that person out? He's bothering me. Yeah, That rarely happened. Even the regulars would yeah come and help me out if I needed a hand with mm-hmm. someone. But it was a rare thing that it would happen to me. So, yeah. Getting back on track, from a young age, um, I seemed to land myself into an industry where I was, yeah, around a lot of men. I think that's just, I naturally feel comfortable around men. Yeah. So um, I find them easier to approach and talk to. And, yeah, I think for me, it, it was just something that I fell into because I felt comfortable. That being said, after a while, that sort of industry wasn't working for me. You know, the shift sort of worked great and I was looking for more of a 9 to 5 sort of gig and wanted to save for a house and all that. So went to a recruitment agency and said, look, I don't really care what I do. I just want to, like what industry I work for, sorry. I just want to do some administrative work. So, yeah, she came to me with a job with an engineering firm yep. and I went and applied and they were happy to hire me, so I just jumped into it. So, yeah, they weren't necessarily a civil construction business, but they were a small engineering firm, so that was sort of my little step into that industry. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's one of those um, complementary businesses to, to that right. industry, isn't it? You know? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually where I met you first. Is it? Yes. Yes. That? Yes. So you oh. were working um, for one of our contractors um, doing survey. That's right. Yes, and, and you actually came in for a meeting with um, me and my boss. Um, wow, that's yes. right. Oh, my yes. God. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's got to be 20 <laughs> that's years ago. when we first met. That was yeah, a long time yeah. I was, trying, I was trying to recall before we got on this how, how long it had been that. and where it was. But, yeah, that was like that was kind of such a small snippet and then yeah. obviously it was just through sheer – chance that we you know kept bumping into each other on other projects and so yeah that's cool well done well yeah 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 no thank you for reminding me (laughs) everybody listening has gone oh my god what are these doing get back on track (laughs) yeah so again with the engineering firm um yes there was a lot of men in not just in our workplace but yeah a lot of men that I had to deal with in the industry. Yeah, um, I would have been one of those pain in the asses back in the day, I've got no doubt. <laughs> actually, no, you weren't so bad. <laughs> no, I think we, we provided a lot of help. So, you, you know, that was that was probably where we were, you know, where I won your friendship, I guess. You did, you did. Whenever <laughs> I was in a in a bit of strife and the client was like, I need this ASAP, I'm like, I need you. And you, you would always come through. So, oh, yes, beautiful. so you're a big yeah. help. Note for um, anybody that's on the fence about using my services, Ashley's just given me a testimonial live. I always it. come through with the goods. Always, <laughs> even from right back early days. Wow. Even when you were grumpy. Ah, <laughs> very good. So yeah. it went from engineering and I think from yep. memory that business shut folded. down. Yeah, it folded is. over as folded happened over. so many times in, in our game. Yes, um, it does. Yeah, so the, the wall, the writing was on the wall sort of, a couple of months before it officially happened. So I put the feelers out and started looking and, um, yeah, from there thought, well, I've got this sort of engineering construction sort of background now that I've had for a year and, yeah, applied for this admin reception role with a civil construction company. Uh, sorry, they weren't just civil construction. They were, yeah, building and multi-discipline. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they looked very secure and looked very promising and, yeah, I thought, well, I'll go for it and see what happens. And yep. they're obviously happy with me because they offered me the job. So I think I was only temping for a week or maybe two before I started with them. And, yep. um, yeah, that was my real step into the industry from there, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I went from a small engineering team firm, I think we had maybe 20 people, to yep. – a massive company. Oh, so wow. within our office alone and the the staff that we had in SA, it was somewhere between 100 and 150 people. So it was a huge jump for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how did you handle that transition? Because, I mean, we, we see this, you know, with our clients all the time, you know, working on projects with hundreds of people and then, you know, having to just work by themselves sometimes. Like what was that shock to the system like? Yeah, early days for me, I guess I was working because I was working solely in the office with an office team. It didn't affect me too much. Um, I did have a lot more people that I had to deal with outside of the office and um, obviously trying to 
trying to engage with those people when you're in an office and they're on site, I found that a little bit challenging. Yeah, that was yeah. different for me because I hadn't experienced that before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was. And that was a- that was back that was back in the time before smartphones really emerged. Mm. So you know you didn't have the capabilities of Zoom and things like that where you could do it from your phone. Or even sending a text message of a docket or things like that. It's like everything was so manual. I had to either yeah. physically go get it or they had to physically bring it to me. There's, there's people listening to this now like we're showing our age because there's people going, <laughs> yeah. what, what do you mean there was no smartphone? <laughs> what do you, you mean, mean that? You what do you mean you couldn't phone? take a photo of something <laughs> and send it to people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was like we had mobile phones, but it was only for ringing. That's all it was good yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's so, like we take we really take it for granted just how far technology's come and and what it allows us to do in the industry now. Like working remotely, like even just doing this, you know, just having this meeting via Zoom, like that was just not a thing. Like you said, we met by me physically coming in yeah. and sitting with you and your boss. You know, yeah. like we would, ne- and we couldn't do it any other way. Nope, there was no other way around. Yeah, had wow. to. That's crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. So it you is. found yourself with this other, and I think from memory that multidisciplinary company they actually got acquired by the bigger sort of yeah. national level yeah. company. So yeah. you've been through a few acquisitions now, which is interesting <laughs> in itself. Yeah. Um, found yourself working for this this bigger company, then you you moved on to, and, and obviously we did a lot of work together there. Mm. I wasn't. I was obviously subcontracting to that company, but then you found yourself in another company that was acquiring businesses and then it itself got swallowed up and you found yourself on some of the biggest projects in Australia, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. from a um, from an infrastructure point of view. Yeah. Tell me about those and some of the experiences, things that you see that were amazing and, you know, I'm sure you cross paths with many amazing women in you know, in those roles. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, even from early days when I yeah started on my first projects, uh, well, my f- my first project experience, I was the only woman. <laughs> it was just me. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, and it was out at Olympic Dam. So not only wow. was I working on a project where it was just a male team and me, I was then going into a mining. Yeah, um, quintessential. You know, Quintessential blokey bloke territory. Oh yeah, right? it was like pick the female. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah. It, I, I don't. Think what was that? What was that like? What was that like? Because I don't think there's. I mean, there's probably still a, a quite a few occurrences of, you know, women being in amongst you know heavily male um, populated environments, but. I mean, what was that like for you? Because you're quite young back then too. Yes. Not I that was. you're old now. Not that you're old now. I just want to say that. Good say. Yes. Good say. No, but I was. I was like early 20s. I was yeah. young. Um, and this, yeah, this was, yeah, I was thrown in it. I, I didn't really have anyone say, hey, this is what it's going to be like. Have you thought about, you know, yeah, going to look out for yourself sort of thing. Yeah, uh, I was kind of just thrown in it and um, got on a plane by myself even. Like I didn't have anyone from work with me. I didn't have anyone that I knew. Yeah, I was eating in the the mess hall with everyone else, you know, had my own room like everyone else. Um, Yeah, I wasn't treated any differently at all. Not that I expected to, but thinking back to it, I'm like, there's probably a few things that were not kosher. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, yeah. I probably should have had someone looking out for me a little bit more just to make sure I was safe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing. I think that the mm. industry's done well at a – well, has done okay at evolving that now is yeah. that, you know, just that really looking after. I mean, we're seeing a lot of stuff with mental health and things like that, particularly in those environments, right, where you're yeah. remotely located, you're isolated from friends yeah. and family. It's not – uh, you know, it's better now because you can FaceTime and those sorts of things. But back in those early days, you know, mental health was not spoken about and and it took so many lives, you know. So it's yeah. really, really sad. I know I, I saw a bit of that. I mean, you you've before we talked before we got online and actually talked about this, we were chatting about, you know, some of the stories and you were like, I've I've been really lucky and, you know, you don't have any major horror stories or anything like that. So, you know, anybody that's listening, don't be waiting for this this no, crazy horror story. But yeah. that's part of the reason that I wanted to to bring you on is like we hear so many stories of terrible things that happen, but I wanted to celebrate you and your journey and how that's been navigated because you you haven't like there is some really beautiful stories of women out there that have been amazingly successful in the industry yeah. and they haven't they haven't encountered the the male misogynistic crap that does stereotypically go out there so you know don't be scared it might it might be a, a dream run for for you like it has been for for you but but also like you said, let's be mindful of how you can look after yourself. You still want to be smart, you know, and I think that yeah. goes for everybody looking after yourself and that and that sort of thing. So, so yeah, how did you uh, how did you deal with that environment? Like, yeah, well, it was it was definitely intimidating, um, and like I said, I didn't have anyone sort of prep me to say this is what you're walking into. So yeah. I just went in and yeah, realized the sheer amount of men that were around me it was intimidating. I was like, wow. <laughs> But in all honesty, I felt like they were all terrified of me. <laughs> they didn't know whether to look at me. I said you're scary. Yeah. I said you're scary. <laughs> she so may funny. be small, but she be mighty. Yeah, that's it. Again, I think it's about how you carry yourself and, and the confidence you have within yourself. And, um, mm. yeah, it's, um, yeah, it was quite funny how a lot of, blokes yeah didn't didn't even want to make eye contact with me it was like they were yeah. terrified of me yeah, <laughs> they didn't yeah. know what to do um and again well, that, that how, how long ago this was because i'm sure in the mining industry now there are probably loads of women in in that yeah. sort of space setting. yeah yeah um but then yeah no yeah no, and i guess i never really thought about that like the the shock to their system being yeah in a very male dominated environment while like exclusively male at one point mm. um and then all of a sudden this you know tiny 20 early 20 year old woman rocks up with a feisty little personality who's <laughs> there to get shit done like i can i can't imagine what well i kind of can imagine it because i've dealt with you but <laughs> yeah. so yeah that's cool like so let's fast forward now to now because this is the part of the conversation I really want to I really want to talk about because you're juggling so many balls now like you uh you come back to Adelaide you got on some major projects here yeah. I'll just kind of fast forward the story for everybody else of what I know and then you're like yeah I think I might start my own business as well yeah. and then you're like yeah that's not enough I think I might have a baby as well <laughs> yeah <And> then, <laughs> And then you're like, now correct me if I've got this out of sync. Did the family business 
start before your second one? Yes. Yes. So then you've gone, okay, I'm going to start, we're going to start this family business, yep. which which had all sorts of, you know, turmoil in it as well, mm-hmm. which we won't mm-hmm. go into. And then you're like, yeah, I haven't got enough on my plate. I'm going to have another baby. I'm going to have another baby too. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So mental, I really yeah. want to talk about, I really want to talk about one, the decision-making process or lack thereof, <laughs> but but how you juggled all of that, because this is, I think this is really important, talking about your story of being a young single girl coming into the construction industry, like we need more girls like that. There's no two ways. But then that evolution into what a lot of women want to do is, you know, not just be this career woman, but be a mother. And and you're such an amazing mother. I, I do want to acknowledge that. But you know, how do you how do you manage that transition where you can do all the things? Because this is the thing yeah. you have done it. Yeah, I have, and again, I've been very lucky. Um, yeah. I, I think- mean, you look exhausted, beautiful, <laughs> but exhausted. Thanks. <laughs> hey. Yeah. <laughs> It's just twenty four seven exhausted. Yeah, really. yeah. But that's, run, that's just, I'm just running on adrenaline all the that's time. It. Yeah. All the yeah. time, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, I mean, going back to when I decided to start my own business, so that stems from I guess I'd been in the industry for a long time and was getting quite fatigued and stressed, and I'd done a lot. I'd been um, pushed myself a lot to to do not only things that people wanted me to do but expected me to and that was great but mm. it did get to a point where I was fatigued and my my mental health was also taking a toll um, yeah and um I took a long hard look at myself and how I was going thought no something needs to change I'm not happy and I'm not particularly happy with how I am as a person and also what I'm doing in the industry and what I'm doing here um it wasn't working for me anymore There'd been a lot of changes happening within the company as well, which was impacting how I was feeling. So there was external factors as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, so basically I started with working on myself, um, got some help for myself, um, spoke to um, a psychologist and started looking at my improving my what I was eating and things like that as well and exercising and all that sort of stuff that we know Im- improves our mental health. But with that, I was looking at, right, what am I going to do? Am I going to stay in this industry or am I going to do something different? I guess the big thing for me at the time was, well, I don't want to just drop what I'm doing. It's great money. I need the income. Um, I can't afford to just stop and do something else. But I need to start making some plans to transition to something else. With that, I went and saw a different psychologist who actually specialises in career development, basically. So she she loaded with me with all sorts of questions about what I'm interested in, what I'm passionate about, things like that, and landed with I'm passionate with the health industry. And so with that, made some plans to start training and doing a diploma in a different industry. Wow. So whilst I was still working full-time in construction, I started doing my diploma. Yeah. Um, And that was hard to navigate and to juggle as well. But I managed, you know, this was obviously all before children. (laughs) So this was a big thing is I I thought, you know, I do want to have kids one day, but if I want to change the direction of my career direction, then I need to do it now before children. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, So that was um, a big thing for me. So, yeah, knuckled down, got it done um, in two years. And um, then from there... 
I'd actually been made redundant from my current employer and then started with another big civil construction company on a major, major road job, um, which was another thing in my tick box is I wanted to be involved in a major, major project and thought, you know, this is great because I've got the stability there, but also they promoted a lot of um, work-life balance. And I thought Mm -hmm. this might be my way to try (laughs) and get them to be lenient on how much I was working. So not be working for them full-time, working for them part-time. So that way I could start doing, start venturing into my other career space on a part-time basis. And again, I was very lucky in the sense that I had very a very good manager who was very understanding, but he also knew that I was a hard worker. And at the end of the day, if he needed me to get things done, I would get it done. It didn't matter if I was doing it five days a week, four days a week, three days a week. I would get it done. And that's why he agreed to let me go part-time, even though I was on a major project. And it worked. I told him I was completely capable of doing what he needed me to do on a four-day basis. And so then I started doing my other line of work one day a week, which helped me a lot feel like I had balance in my life. I wasn't just stuck doing. Did Yeah, I was just going to say. I wasn't particularly enjoying yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. is that transition kind of, I guess, because then when, and this is what I talk, I talk to people about this all the time, doing stuff that fills their cup and lights them up as well, yes. actually yes. then transposes into the rest of their life, into the things yes. that they don't want to do as much, but they're able to bring like a higher level of energy. Did you find exactly. that for yourself? Like, yes. yeah, I was okay. a lot more efficient and a lot more present when I was at work doing yeah. my four days versus doing my five days because f- I had that day away to, like I said, like you said, fill up my cup in another way that, yeah, just helped bring balance into my life. Yeah. The interesting thing yeah. I, I see as well is when we give somebody five days to do a set amount of tasks, they'll often take five days. When yep. you take a day away and you give them four to do the same amount of work, they often become more efficient. And I think this this is this is the case for just about everything, like even in my life, like if if I've got six months to move a house, I'll take six months. Yeah. And then in the last, you know, Week. like <laughs> tiniest <laughs> amount of time, it's like, ah, got to do all the Get things. And yeah. I think that that's the thing is like, you know, for takeaways from this for the listeners is sometimes you've got to analyze how much time you're giving yourself and, you know, shut it, you know, I guess condense it down a bit. I know Elon Musk has got a famous saying is, you know, set a 10-year goal and then work out how to do it in 12 months. I think that's probably a little bit unrealistic. But what it does is it does shorten up the timeline because there brings this sense of urgency to do it. So I I do love that. So you transition to a day and then... And then with that, I decided, right, now it's time for a baby. (laughs) Right, right. Excellent. So you've... I mean, we, we didn't really touch on the story about how you, you met the love of your life, yeah. but that was in one yeah. of those former businesses. He was in the construction industry. Yeah. Again, working on a major project together and, yeah. Yeah, the, the love friends just, and the then, lo- you know, became <laughs> more than that. <laughs> and, and, this is, and this is, you know, the funny thing, right? So many people find love in the workplace. Yeah. But I'm curious to, to step that forward and, and talk about, you know, obviously the babies but also then how you manage the boundaries around that. Because obviously when 
you you meet and fall in love in the workplace. You start working together. Like boundary lines have already been crossed, but oh, yeah. <laughs> then how do you manage them moving forward? Right? Like, yeah. Okay. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> It was all fine until everyone else knew about it, I guess. Yes, of course. It always is. <laughs> it always is. I guess the biggest thing was I just try to make sure that in a work sense, I didn't favour him or treat him differently to anyone else. If yeah. he needed a PO and someone else needed a PO for a purchase order, sorry. Yeah. No, you're right. Most people know, you know what I mean. I mean, some people would be thinking to piss off, but yeah, exactly. I wouldn't. I wouldn't immediately drop what I was doing for someone else to accommodate him. You yeah. know, it's yeah. yeah. How I, do you go I, with that now, though? Because like I know he's got unrelenting standards and very high expectations that you do yeah. drop everything and deal with his shit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's different. How do you manage now? that now? Because like you guys. You know, in that early day, there was probably it was easy to manage the boundaries. But like, yeah. I work with a lot of couples, and and they struggle with these boundary stuff. And and look, I know yeah. you guys have had struggles. I know you've been incredibly yeah. successful, and I know there's been tension. And you've made, you know, it, I think that happens for all couples. But how do you manage it now? Like, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there there are. <laughs> I don't. Some- I don't, Adam. I just bash I my head against the wall until that's he, it. you know, that's it. Him- I hang up the phone, I start yelling and I get it done. No. <laughs> it depends what it is. I think, hey, it's, a, yeah, we're learning. We're still learning each other's boundaries. Yeah. Um, and it is definitely harder now because it's just our business. There's yeah. no one else to fall on to. And if I don't do something for him and he doesn't do something for me, then, you know, that's when tensions yeah. start to rise. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, this past week, I've been handing him and handing him to do something for me and it's still not done. <laughs> and then he's called me today and said, I need you to do this, this and this. I'm like, oh, dear now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Remember all those things I asked you to do? Yeah, exactly. And he, he's assured me I will come home early and I will get it done today. Good. Do you find that you need to draw the line in the sand between, Sometimes. I guess, work and play a, a lot? Do you, find yeah. that, do you find that it spills over often? Not often, um, not often. Surprisingly, um, I think I think the kids are actually really good at drawing that line. Yeah. To be honest, um, I think if it wasn't for them, we'd have this spilling over a yeah. lot more. Yeah. But because kids have no boundaries, like they yeah. they are what they are, and if they yeah. want something, they want it now. Yeah. It, it's a good way of cutting that work. Stuff yeah, off yeah, straight cool. away. You know what I mean, and yeah, um, yeah for that I'm grateful because <laughs> otherwise it could be a lot harder. Yeah, even if, whilst we're in the midst of trying to talk work stuff, our oldest would quite often come and interrupt us, and we go, right, we're going to have to park this. It's it's time with them, and we'll we'll leave it until later, mm, and mm. that's what we end up having to do. Yeah, which for both of us is a good thing in the sense that sometimes you, you just need to have that downtime and switch off from work. Yeah, definitely. And it's really hard to do that yourself. And that's yeah. where the kids are really good at, at um, doing that for us. I yeah. Guess. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's um, awesome. I guess the, the juggling the, for me with them and doing stuff for Greg can be difficult sometimes. Um, but he he's also understands that. You know, if he rings me and needs me to do something, I'll just say, look, I can't right now. The kids yeah. need me for X, Y reasons. And I guess that's and one of the advantages. Goes, yeah, that's fine. I get that. 
So, yeah. and I guess yeah. that's one of the advantages of having your your own business. You've got that flexibility, and that's part of the reason yeah. we all we all do it. I'm going to go a little bit sideways here and and ask you the, the, a question because, like, I know I know Greg has you know had his own you know battles with burnout and being exhausted. You have have too. From the position of a partner, what are some of the, some of the symptoms that you have noticed over the years? Because it's cyclic too. Like we all go through this where we, you know, we kind of neglect ourselves and then we kind of get some help or don't get some help but back off the amount of work or whatever and then, you know, kind of end up back there. Like, I mean, what, what's, what do you see and what's the impact that it has on you? Because I think this is really powerful for a lot of the listeners out there. Yeah, sure. For me, it starts with, you know, coming home later. And that's not necessarily a case of avoidance. Sometimes it can be. Sometimes yeah. it's, it's yeah, a case he of knows, he's he knows trying. you've asked him a heap of things to do and he hasn't done them. So and he hasn't done that. And he just stays at, the, stays at the shed and works on the truck. Yeah, yeah that's exactly <laughs> right. Or he goes... He knows in himself that he's not ready to come home because he is stressed. And yeah. so he spends extra time at the sheds yeah. to decompress first before he comes home. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's the first little science that starts yeah. happening more and more. You know, Greg, as you know, has never been great at dealing with stress in a healthy way. So yeah. There's very obvious signs for me where oh not not just Greg I, I can tell you like myself as well in the early days I was terrible at dealing with stress in a yeah. in a healthy way and I think there's a lot of people out there that that you know are going to benefit from this because they don't deal with stress in a healthy way and I think that that's the key right is understanding that you don't and this is why I kind of went this way is because understanding that there's you know the unhealthy way is not bad if you look at it as a symptom and you just go, okay, this is a little flag, little red flag saying we need to start looking closely at what's going on here. Yeah. But yeah, yeah please continue. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing, I guess, is it's about being pe- uh, people being aware of the way they react to stress, whether it be in a good way, unhealthy way, doesn't matter, is yeah. recognizing those signs of stress in yourself. I mean, I we all have stress and I may deal with it in a more healthy way to what Greg does, but mm. still about stopping and recognizing, right, things are not right here. What do I need to change or what do I need to do to to fix things? Um, but yeah, go, going back to him. So yeah, obviously not coming home um, at normal times and staying out later. He again, start doing some avoidance sort of character things so even when he does come home he, he'd go sort of lock himself away in his shed when he came home and, yeah. and um tinker on things or even even just sit there and have a drink and watch telly and not be engaging with me and the kids yeah things like that yeah um, being being there but not being there being not there being but present. not being there yeah that's right not being present e- even if he's sitting <clears> in in the lounge room with me and the kids he's still not there he's he's his mind is elsewhere so not being present exactly mm. Yeah, the unhealthy habits, you know, increasing like increased drinking and smoking, yeah. like that. Yeah. Hanging out with people that are not necessarily helpful I, in those times <laughs> as well. You know, yeah. there's people in your life that are good for you. Um, and there's other people that are maybe not so good for you, especially. Yeah, I think I think that's that's really interesting, right? Because I think when we're in that state where we're so exhausted and that we gravitate towards people that are, I guess, easy and they won't yes. challenge us on 
the shit that we're doing, right? Yeah. So we'll naturally gravitate to people that are kind of in that, I guess, that disempowered state, that victim state where they're blaming everything on the world. Yeah. Whereas when you get with the right people and they start saying, hey, this is all completely in your control, you've got choices that you need to make here. Like they're hard chats, particularly when you're exhausted and you're on the receiving end of it because yeah. when people point this stuff out, you've then got a responsibility to make changes. But when you're oblivious to it or you're ignorant to it, yeah. you can kind of blame the world. But, that's right. yeah, yeah. That, that's a really powerful thing that, you know, thank you for, for sharing that. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I mean they're they're probably the the obvious signs, I guess. Um, yeah. but yeah, even things like not talking to his family as much, because again, his family yeah. are people that will pick up on it and and yeah. um not only that, but again, we'll challenge him and say, Well, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Um which what, what are the what sort of impact directly does it have on on you, his yeah. family, the kids? Yeah. What, 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 how does, because this is the thing, right? Even his like, business. Sorry? Even his business. It, yeah, it yeah. Impact, even, it impacts his business. Yeah. So talk yeah. to that. How does it, how, in what way do you, would you say it impacts the business? Uh, well, going back to what I said before about how I've been hounding him for the last week to do something, mm. that would normally have been done. Um, yeah, but okay. things are being put aside and not pre prioritize I suppose because he's prioritizing in his little self-destruct mode and, and focusing on yeah. things that don't actually really matter yeah not um yeah not letting go of things and um yeah so with that it does impact our business because I'm not asking him to do things just for the sake of it it's because yeah. these things need to be done so things like the invoicing doesn't get done you know money's not collected that sort of thing so it affects the bottom line Plus, yep. I'm assuming it affects relationships with customers, that sort of thing. Of course. Because you're and not getting staff. back to them. And the staff, yeah. Oh, jeez, yep. I didn't even think yep. about that. But, yeah, that's a that's a good one too. Because yep. I guess, you know, he's not showing up at his best self. So, you know, that they, they start to sense that early on and creates a bit of tension. So, For sure, yeah. What about you and the kids? Like, obviously, yeah. that, that creates some tension there. It does, and it makes it harder for me to want to help him in his business when he's like yeah. that because, yeah, my my cup from him is not being filled because he's, mm. again, not being present when he's here with me and the kids. Mm. And, yeah, um, when he does talk about work, it's all in a very negative manner and I'm big on I, I don't like the negativity. Yeah. Because negativity just brings everyone down and it, it does impact the kids as well. Um, you know, his his negativity in what he's feeling in life and business and whatnot impacts me and therefore impacts the kids and the kids start being more anxious or needy yeah. and like that. It's the interesting um, thing which about makes it kids. harder for me because I have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. That's the interesting thing about kids. Like I yeah. I've you know, it's been said to me and I say it a fair bit too, you know, the first language kids read is energy, yes. you know. So when he comes home and he's in that grumpy state or whatever, like it just, it has. And like I've done it in my own family, you know, and, you know, my dad's done it and, you know, all sorts of people do it. You know, they come in and yeah. you just go, oh, my God, they're in a terrible mood and you don't even have to speak to them. So, yeah, yeah the yeah. impacts are incredible. But yeah. um definitely, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, obviously, it goes both ways. You know, Greg's obviously feels um, impacted by me when I'm 
going through times of stress as well and the kids do so there'll be days where if i'm particularly stressed the kids have been bratty as hell all day which doesn't improve your stress (laughs) he comes home and he's had a good day so his energy is good the kids naturally will gravitate towards him and want nothing with me Again, it's like you said, wow. they, they, they naturally pick up on, on that and, yeah. and those energy levels. And yeah, and again, that affects Greg as well, not just um, in business. Yeah, yeah. He never wants to ask me to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. This is what I'm stressed. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for sharing all of that. Like I, I didn't want to make this a show about <laughs> men, but I think what's really important here is to highlight the shit that, that your that you ladies put up with on the back of us being gooses and not getting help and those sorts of things. But mm-hmm. I do want to circle back to you and how you manage all of this now. Like how do you look after yourself? How do you manage, how do you juggle all the balls, the boys, the businesses, the yourself? Yeah. <laughs> you know. And life. And um, life. And life. Yeah, there honestly there are days where I go, today just feels hopeless. Like yeah. I'm not gonna bother trying today. <laughs> I yeah. just can't be bothered trying today. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing because when I do have those days, my kids get the best of me. Yeah. Because I'm just engrossed with them and what they want to do and everything else gets put on the back burner. So yeah. it's not necessarily a bad thing. Because, like no, I said, I think, they actually get the best of me when I'm in that. I, can't I think that's important for everyone. That's a, that's a really good point because it's about giving yourself permission to just go, you know what, today's a write-off. Yeah. I'm just going to take the time. I'm going to be go and do things that bring me joy, which for you yeah. is spending time with your, your kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's cool. What else? Yeah. Um, I do consciously make an effort to make sure I go get some self-care, whether that be I go get a massage, I go have a curry, I go have acupuncture, yeah. or even I just take myself out to lunch occasionally. Yeah, no. Nice. Do that. I just go, you know what? I don't have any kids, I don't have any clients. I don't really need to do anything pressing right now. I'm gonna go out for lunch and just have lunch by myself. It's not like I'm doing that all the time. But yeah, when when there's times where it's been full on and um, I have that time to myself, I go, yeah, that's that's my time. And you've you got to cut out some of your time because otherwise if you don't, you do you get into that burnout stage. Yeah. Um, and as a consequence, everything starts to suffer. It's your relationships, it's your business, it's everything. So, mm. And I feel like if, <laughs> because Greg's not so great at it, um, if I don't look after myself and try to keep myself level-headed and okay, then things would fall apart very quickly. Yeah. Um, one of us needs to be do it in a good space to deal with things when things are not so great or when the other person's not so great, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think that's an amazing place to wrap it up because that's such an important point. Like uh, I talk about it in the example of the oxygen mask, you know, on an airplane, you've got to put yours on first to be the best for everybody else, you know, and and this counterintuitive thing that happens, particularly with with mums, but parents generally, is they tend to put everybody and everything else first, and then they find they're working from an empty cup. And I think that yeah. that's really a really challenging place to work from. But um, Ash, I just want to say thank you so much for being part of today's show. Uh, I feel like we could talk for another 
you know, four hours about this stuff. But I think, you know, to summarise, such an amazing journey, but the way that you handle everything that's going on and, you know, I, I really want, you know, your journey to inspire other women to come into the industry and know that they can do all the things. It can be done. Yes, it is a juggle, but it can be done. You can build your own businesses that are outside of the industry. You can support your partners and their dreams. But I think ultimately the message is you have to look after yourself in the in the process, you know. Um, but also in amongst that, you're looking after your partner as well, seeing those symptoms of how they're, I guess, inadvertently destroying themselves. So, you know, if I think if there's anybody out there that's seeing those symptoms in their in their partner, husband or wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter because it does show up. You said you've been through your own battles with burnout. So I've seen that in plenty of women over the years. You know, please reach out to us at hello at tradybusinessschool.com. Um, and don't forget if you've enjoyed this episode, please uh, like, share, subscribe. Make sure you share it with maybe an amazing woman out there just like Ashley and say, hey, this could be you uh, and maybe you'll be the next guest on the podcast. But, um, Ash, thanks once again. It's been amazing having you and, uh, you know, maybe we'll get you back one day. Yeah, sure. It was great. It was good fun. Thanks so much. (laughs) You're most welcome.